Greetings. I hope you're having a terrific day, whatever the day might be. I hope it's a great one. And I also hope that it's going to get better in the next 15 or 20 minutes as we talk together about how to live wisely and faithfully in this wonderful world that God has given us that is also sometimes a world that can be really hard to live in and really hard to navigate. I was studying 2 Corinthians this week and came across the word excel, and it called to mind a study that I read years ago by a sociologist named Daniel Chambliss. He wrote an essay titled, The Mundanity of Excellence. Isn't that, doesn't that sound exciting? The Mundanity of Excellence. When you hear mundanity, think mundane. And basically what Chambliss found was that people who become excellent in a certain field or discipline do it by practicing the mundane in a really positive way. And so here's what he found. Three things. One, he found that excellence is a qualitative phenomenon. In other words, do the little things right with quality over and over again. And over time, that begins to bear fruit. He also learned that talent is useless. You and I know that. I mean, how many uber-talented people do you and I know who are complete slackers and just lazy And we almost become angry that they have squandered all this talent and they've by no means achieved any level of excellence. And then finally, he found that excellence is mundane. He found that if we set habits, practices, and mindsets and and keep to those habits and keep to those practices and keep to those mindsets over time, that will have compounding benefits. And we know that's true. You do the little things over and over again, inch by inch, life's a cinch. He talks about, writes about Mary T. Maher. She was an Olympic medalist. She's from Kentucky, and I, her, her story caught my eye because I remember the Mary T. Maher Aquatic Center close to where I used to live. But in her training regimen, she made two tweaks that led to her excellence. One, she determined she would always be on, always be on time for a training exercise in the pool. She'd never be late. That taught her the value of time, and it maximized her time. And the other thing she decided to do was always execute her turns to perfection when she was in the pool. So she was going through all this training and she was in the pool. She would always say, I'm going to make sure every turn is just right so that it becomes second nature to me. And of course it did. And over time, she became an excellent swimmer, a world-class swimmer. And in the church I serve, we have talked about the 10,000-hour rule, and it kind of goes along with this mundanity of excellence. A 10,000-hour rule basically came out of research all the way back in the 1970s, where researchers found that in order to become world-class or elite at something, let's say playing the piano, it takes 10,000 hours of practice. I became familiar with this when I read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, because basically he reinforced that by saying, hey, if you want to be an excellent pianist, you got to put in the time. You know, when you and I think about someone who plays a piano beautifully, we think about the bright lights and the stage and the crowd and the performance. We don't always think about those 10,000 hours spent often in solitude learning and rehearsing. And that what I'm thinking about this week is that this is a great reminder that, that excellence in your life and mine don't come overnight, and it doesn't come easily. And and the same is true for some intangible key areas in our lives. You and I do not become an excellent spouse overnight. 
or an excellent parent or an excellent child, an excellent friend. We don't become an excellent ambassador for Christ or neighbor. You know, these things don't come in an instant. No, we, we develop excellence in these areas by practice, practicing them consistently over time. And here's what I believe. I believe God wants us to be excellent in the way we live our lives and in the way we live out our faith. Paul wrote about this in 2 Corinthians. When he wrote 2 Corinthians, he was going through a really vulnerable time in his life. He was being persecuted and jailed, and he had this mysterious thorn in the flesh. And so he was concerned about the church, and he wrote to encourage them. And here's what he wrote in, let's see, chapter 8, verse 7. But just as you excel in everything, as you excel in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see to it that you also excel in the grace of giving. He wanted them to be excellent in the way they lived out their lives. Now, when you and I think about excelling, even if we are devout believers, followers of Christ, we sometimes don't think about how God wants us to excel in our faith. We think about how God wants us to excel maybe in our work. But the truth is, as those who have received God's grace and forgiveness in Christ, there's a response that God wants from us. And so let's think about how it is that we learn to excel in these matters related to our relationship with Christ. Now, you and I know that to excel in anything doesn't happen by accident or, or default. As we've said, it's intentional, right? The 10,000-hour rule, the mundanity of excellence. You know, God wants us to practice these things over and over again. But we have to make a start before we do anything at all. You see, in verse 6 of that very same chapter, chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, here's what Paul wrote. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning with you. And I just, I lingered on that phrase. Their excellence was set in motion by Titus when he, quote, made a beginning. The, the phrase literally means to begin beforehand. In other words, their excellence was tied to the fact that they got started somehow, that they set something in motion. And so start thinking about that. As you and I are looking at how to live lives of excellence and our faithfulness and in our different key relationships, is there something God is saying, you got to set this in motion. You need to get started on this. You know, I, I have one of the dreams I have for my son, who's now 24 years old, is that he'll be financially secure someday and able to retire and live comfortably if that's what he wants to do. Because I know that apart from my receding hairline, I'm not going to leave him a whole lot. And so when he was 22 years old, we went to a financial advisor and we put a small amount of money in an IRA. And now every month he gives a small amount of money to this IRA. At age 22, we set in motion something. Had we waited until he was 52, there'd be an issue there. It would have been too late. No, we, we got it started. What is God asking you to start right now in your life? What is God saying? It's time for you to set this in motion. I want you to excel in this area. Because we have to remember God loves the process. We talk often about the doctrine of sanctification. And in fact, I think we did in a podcast a couple weeks back. Sanctification is the process by which we become conformed to the image of Christ. You think about Jesus' life. He was born a baby and he grew. Jesus talked a lot about seeds growing. 
He prized the seed almost as much as he prized the fruit that it bore. You know, God has something cooking in our lives. I think God always is at work. And so what is he asking us to start? Remember, delayed obedience is disobedient. And so I I want you to think about that. What's God saying to me? There's a wonderful passage in John chapter 4 where Jesus says these words. Do not say, four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. In other words, don't spend your time saying, okay, I got time. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to wait. Open your eyes and see what God has for you and me. What is God starting or calling you to start that's going to lead to excellence in a particular area in your life? We went to a dinner not long ago as a fundraiser, and, and I don't mind going to fundraisers. I mean, I know that we're going to be asked for money, and but, you know, nonprofits need money, and so I, I was fully prepared for that. When I got to the fundraiser, the, the people putting it on did not pass out pledge cards, which is what I expected. Rather, they collected credit cards when we walked in the door. Why'd they do this? Because research has apparently found that if people take a pledge card home, they are much less likely to fill it out there than they are if they give on the spot. And so they thought, if we're going to give people the chance to, to delay this, the chances are they might never come through. And so we're literally going to collect their credit cards so that whenever they want to make their gift, they can make it literally on the spot. And, and I think sometimes that's what God is saying to you and me in our lives. That right now, is there something that he's asking us to do? Some kind of obedience to make that beginning, to set something in motion. I don't know if I mentioned or not, but as I'm sitting here, it's Thanksgiving weekend. It's the Saturday, Saturday after Thanksgiving. And of course, if you know the church calendar, the next thing that's coming is Advent. And Advent is a season of preparation for the birth of Christ. And so during this Advent season, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking, where do I need to grow? I'm asking, what area in my life is God working on? That passage that we read basically gives us six areas to focus on. Faith, speech, knowledge, earnestness, love, and giving. May I suggest something to you? Why not identify one of those areas and say, Lord, let's work on this in my life. Maybe it's the area of faith. Lord, I want to be more faithful in just the way I live out my day-to-day life so that I can be a better ambassador for you. Or maybe it's our speech. And we're thinking, God, I need to be more careful with the things I say, which for me is a huge one, by the way. Or maybe it's knowledge where God is saying to us or, or we say to God, God, I, I want to understand you more deeply so that I can live more wisely and faithfully. Maybe it's earnestness where we're saying to God, I want to be more purposeful in how I spend my time. Maybe it's in love where we're thinking, God, I want to have healthier relationships. Or maybe it's in giving where we're saying, God, I want to be more generous. As as you and I think about the season of Advent, is there something God is calling you to set in motion? 
to make a beginning that'll bear some kind of fruit in the future. Maybe not this Christmas, maybe not even next Christmas, but is there that excellent practice that God is laying on your heart? You see, we, you and I have untapped potential in our lives. The, the spirit in us is a limitless resource, regardless of our age. There is so much that God can do in us and so much that God can do through us. But we have to take the first step. And we have to understand and give ourselves some grace because excellence does not come overnight. I, I was reading this week. I read this goofy website. Oh, what's it called? The Hustle. It's not a website. What is the newsletter that comes online? That's right. It comes into my inbox. It's kind of fun. I like to read it. And I read this week that there are over 20,000 videos on YouTube, which is a platform people can post videos on. If you don't know YouTube, I'm sure you do. Over 20,000 videos on YouTube giving instructions on how to perform prostate surgery. Now, 10 years ago, there were about 300 such videos. Over 20,000 videos on YouTube instructing people on how to perform prostate surgery. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to have prostate surgery, which I do not want to have, by the way, I don't know that I want someone performing prostate surgery after watching a YouTube video. And it's okay to learn how to tie a tie or learn how to make a pie crust by watching a YouTube video. I want someone who has worked on it and practiced that over time. And so let's circle back. Is there something God is calling you to become excellent in? Faith, speech, knowledge, earnestness, love, giving. Is there something that God is saying, it's time for you to make a beginning in your life? I want to encourage you to be gracious with yourself and to understand that, that you might not see the fruit immediately. It might take years. It might take 10,000 hours. But I am confident that God has something that in us he wants us to become excellent in. Whether it's one of those areas or maybe in a key relationship as a parent, a spouse, a friend, a child, whatever that case might be. So there you go. Some food for thought on a weekend where we talk a lot about food and eat a lot of food. I hope you have a terrific day and I will look forward to chatting with you again next time.